to Strange Talk with Doc. I hope that everything with you is fine. I'm beautiful myself. Uh, I'm going to get to this. Let's have a good time. Let's talk about some things. And once again, like I said, welcome to Strange Talk with Doc. Now, we know that everybody has got a chance to exhale for the most part. People danced, they jumped for joy, they partied. But now it's time to start, get this process together that we could start healing this sick country. I understand the excitement. Now, there was a lot of irresponsibility out there with people unmasked, no social distancing. And we're going to pay the price for that. And you know it, and I know it. That's facts. But I do also understand that people had a lot of anxiety to wait so long for the decision and for Trump to still not concede makes no sense. But we'll get into a bit of that later. I'm just going to move on. And I want to say a rest in peace to Mr. Paul Horning, the 1956 Heisman Trophy winner and the 1961 NFL MVP. He also was a four-time champion for the Green Bay Packers, including the very first Super Bowl. Rest in peace, Mr. Paul Horning, who died at the age of 84 years old. COVID is up to 11 million cases in the United States. 246,000 people have died as of this date. 55.1 million people have been affected worldwide and 1.4 million and counting have died worldwide. Right now, the cases are rising in all 50 states in America. And this has prompted Gretchen Whitmer, who is the governor of Michigan, to order that the high schools, colleges, and bars close down for three weeks. So we are definitely regressing. This is getting worse before it gets better. I understand that there are supposed vaccines out there, but we're going to talk about that in a bit also. Now think about this. Washington's governor, Jay Inslee, he announced that they're going to have restrictions. And this is going to include bars and indoor restaurants closing down, not allowing to serve food. They're going to go back to that order out type deal. New York and Chicago are going to put in new restrictions. As of this minute, I do not know what those restrictions will be. But because I already stated that all 50 states have seen a rise and we don't even know the full effects of these people who are going to go home from this supposed million mega march and where they're going to go and who they're going to affect because people have not followed restrictions. They have not respected COVID-19 to the fullest, and it's a shame. So Biden asked the Trump administration to take urgent action, you know, because the lack of respect for the virus and he has response to it has been lacking. You know it. I know it. I don't care if you are sick of fan for Trump or not. I don't care if you're in the Trump cult. You have to realize with the numbers that I have stated, these are not reputable numbers. These are factual numbers. I didn't come out of my ass with them. That is an abomination. And that meant that the work that needs to be done has not been done. So Dr. Michael Oleheim, he suggested that we actually as a nation go back into a four to six week lockdown. I know that is scary and people are insane behind it. Nobody wants to not be able to go back to work to get out and do some of the things that we were doing. 
I mean, I clearly remember February and March when stores didn't have products like you wanted them to have. You didn't feel like you could move about the cabin as you wanted to move. But this is life and death. Do you care about grandma? Do you care about your your children? Do you care about auntie? Do you care about your co-workers, your church members? Do you care about your neighbors? Do you care about anything but your pleasure at the moment? And that's what we have to sacrifice. 2020 is a sacrifice for all, not for some, for all. In one way or another, we have all had to sacrifice. Now I'm going to talk about something that really disturbs me. The unemployment assistant, which is called the PUA, and the Pandemic Emergency Unemployment Compensation, which is the PEUC programs, they are sending out their last payments on either December 26th or December 27th. And so that means 15 million people in America who are now jobless will no longer receive any form of unemployment benefits. I mean, think about that. This is right after Thanksgiving, right after Christmas, day after, two days after Christmas, right before New Year's, dead of the winter, your lights, gas, electricity, gas is going to be super important. And these people will no longer have any form of financial support. And the government and Trump, with his bitching, moaning and groaning about losing an election and going golfing and putting nothing on the table to at least leave the administration looking like a superstar and saying, you know what, here is an influx of stimulus for the people of this country, my constituents. I care about them enough to make sure that they eat. I care about them enough to make sure that their kids don't go hungry, that they can pay their bills. But no, he's made this a total selfish thing. He's made it only about himself. Now, on a lighter note, I'm sure everybody has seen that insane alligator that was in Naples, Florida. And if you don't believe that dinosaurs existed after seeing this alligator and several other alligators like that, then you really need to reevaluate your thought pattern. You know, science is real. Dinosaurs was real. And that is a monster. I mean, that alone lets me know that I really don't want to be down in Florida. And now I have to say that I'm very remiss and very disappointed in myself that I didn't spend the proper amount of time on last show actually telling you what I think of Kamala Harris and what it means to me to have a black slash Indian slash white woman into the White House as the VP. That meant that I have now lived through a phase where I've had a black male president, a black female vice president, and these were things that I never even really dreamed about in my lifetime. I can't imagine what my grandparents would have felt, my grandmother in particular, my mother, which my father, what they would have thought about this moment. And this moment is a huge moment. This gives people, this is what America is. Dream as big as you possibly can dream, and maybe one day you can achieve it. And that's supposed to be what we stand on here in America. Dream as big as you possibly can. And if you do the right things, you're supposed to be able to make it here in America.
nothing to block you but you. And for her to be the first, and she so far, she seems like a decent woman. I don't know everything about her, and I'm sure that people will do their best to bring her down, to bring her husband down, to talk about the interracial, you know, him being Jewish, her being Indian and black. And I think that's all nonsense. But you know what? I do feel a special kind of way behind this. I do appreciate her, and I hope that she shines. I hope that she shines bright because we've had a dull light in the White House for the last four years. We've had a dull light as the vice president, a man who claims Christianity but does nothing Christian. I mean, you can't be in the bed with the devil and scream Jesus. It doesn't make sense, and that's what Pence has been doing. Pence should have been actually calling his card on some of the things that Trump has been doing over these four years, but he has chosen not to do that. And that lets me know everything I need to know about his integrity or lack of integrity. So the head of the elections crime branch, Richard Pilger, he resigns. I mean, think about this. This dude is the head of the election crime branch, and he resigns because he can't find improprieties, but Trump is pushing him for it. And another thing, we should be very ashamed of ourselves as a country. You didn't do it. I didn't do it personally. But 666 of those kids' families cannot find their parents. You know these missing immigrant kids that Trump took from the U.S.-Mexican border? And ICE had them in isolation? Now, this is 666 kids who may never be reunited with their parents again. And you think that they're not going to border some kind of anger towards this country? Um, this is a very sad situation. I'm hoping for the very best. I hope that a higher power makes sure that these children find happiness, that they find their people, they find somebody where they find a way to go back home to their blood. So Eli Lilly and Pfizer both come out within like 24 hours of each other and say that they might have potential uh, COVID-19 breakthroughs for vaccines. Now, they did say that these things are going to uh, be a double shot type deal. You're going to need to get one and uh, later on, you're going to need to get another and it's going to have some side effects. I, once again, do not want to be in the first wave. I want to see how this goes. I want to see how people react. I want to see if people get sick, people die. I do not want to be the guinea pig for the COVID-19 vaccine, but I will take the vaccine if I find out that it's working because I want to live. There's no bullshit in there. There's no need to cut corners. I want to survive this. I want to go on to my life. I have a lot of things that I want to do. I want to be able to fly again. I want to be able to sit in a restaurant. I don't drink, but I don't mind going to a bar or a club. And I want to be able to do that. I want to get on the golf course and I feel guilty that thousands of people are dying while I'm swinging a stupid golf club. And these are the things that I want to do. So they say that the 2020 presidential election was the most secure in the history of the United States. Now, I don't know how you can really claim that, but Homeland Security the cybersecurity and infrastructure security agencies, they all signed off on this joint statement Thursday, and they said there was no fraud whatsoever in this election. You know, 
Trump almost acknowledged defeat because he called it the Biden, the Biden administration, you know, when he addressed the nation Thursday. Well, that was Friday, actually, right? But then he tweets last night, you know, like he always does in big, bold letters, I won the election. So his lawsuits are falling apart all over the country. In Philadelphia, the appeal court denied all five of his suits. Lawyers in Arizona, Pennsylvania, and Michigan had some thrown out of court. Detroit is getting ready to uh, vote to certify the election results. And then he puts crazy Rudy Giuliani in charge of the lawsuits. Now, we know that Giuliani has not been worth a drop of salt since the mob hearings in New York. Since then, he's been a public figure. He's been a dude on Fox. He's been a lot of things, but he is not an earth-shattering lawyer anymore. He doesn't scare anybody anymore. He does not do anything that makes almost any sense. He's walking around over gold with like king's rings on, as though he's a mafia don now. He says insane things. He's holding press conferences in front of uh, landscaping places, you know, for the president in front of a landscape. And that one is kind of hard for me to get over, right? So this is to let you know that a scorpion will always be a scorpion. Fox, which has been Trump's buddy for four years, and some people still defend him at Fox to their dying breath. But he has now told his minions, his followers, his cult members, that they should no longer even listen or watch Fox. They should move on to this Newsmax TV or own. And so in Fox, they have been actually destroying the ratings at Fox News and baking up the ratings at Newsmax and own. Now, this just lets you know the power of cult. The man tells these people what to do, and without thought of their own, they follow lockstep what he says to do. Now, how he affects their lives personally I don't know. Why do they feel better about themselves? Because he says something? I don't know. I don't have the mentality to be a follower. I do not have it. I am not the sheep. I am the wolf. And the wolf does not care what the sheep thinks. Personally, I ask myself, and I would love to have somebody come on this show, Strange Talk with Doc. You can reach out to me. My website information is there. And if you happen to be somebody who's a Trump follower, I will not ask the question now, but I would love to have you on. Reach out to me, like I said, and I will pose one question. I dare you to answer just one simple question about Donald Trump and yourself. And I'm going to leave it at that. Like I said, you do not have to be friend to be on Strange Talk with Doc. You can be foe. I don't have an issue with speaking to somebody who does not have my opinion. This is not what this is about. I just speak for me. It's not gospel. If you disagree, that is fine. I am more than happy to hear from you. I don't care if it's via email, message, or calling. That's on you. I want to give a shout out to Judge, the Superior Court Judge Timothy Walsley. He denied bail for George and Travis McMichaels. You say, who's George and Travis McMichaels? They are the men charged in Abadou Audrey's 
murder. And for them to have received bond, which I'm sure there would have been some underground people who would have came up with the money like they came up with the money for COVID, Derek Colvin, in the George Floyd case. I, I appreciate this judge for saying no. This, this is a hotbed topic. Let these men stew. Let them get their day in court. But do not let them go home and celebrate Thanksgiving with their family. Don't let them celebrate Christmas with their family. There's no reason for them to be able to hug, kiss, and move freely around up until the date of their court. They should be in jail like most murder suspects because, because that's what happens. Usually when you're charged for murder, especially malice murder, you're not usually giving a bond. You're usually not because you are a flight risk. And these two gentlemen are a super huge flight risk because maybe some kind of white supremacist organization would harbor them. So Saturday, we had this million, and that's quote unquote, mega march. It was nowhere near a million people. We know that. The fact that so many people are still willing to go out, stand on the street, scream and holler, wave the flag for this man, makes no sense. Think about it. He didn't give a rat's ass enough to stay or even address the crowd. He went golfing. Even he had something better to do Saturday. He went golfing while these idiots went and screamed and hollered for him. So he doesn't even have to pick up his own banner. Other people will wave it for him. And that's sad. This is what you've come to, people. This is the legacy that you're going to leave on planet Earth that you follow losing even to his last breath that right and wrong mean nothing in your life. And so when you answer to your God at the end of your days, how are you going to explain this? How are you going to legitimately explain that you stood on the side of wrong, even when you knew it was wrong. I said, I'm glad I'm not you, and I'm glad I don't have to answer that question. So I will also give a shout-out to Dan Levitar. You know Dan Levitar. He's from Holly Questionable ESPN. He did a beautiful thing this week. This man rehired and took on paying the salary of one of his producers who was laid off by ESPN. And I think that is outstanding thing. In this day and time, for somebody to sacrifice, he sacrificed money that he deserves. But for the well-being of his show, which obviously he cares about, the well-being of his staff, he finds this young man to be a vital part of the system that he runs. And that's a nice, and like I said, that's a beautiful thing. When you sacrifice for your brother, that is the highest honor you can give him. So Dan Libertar, I appreciate you, not just your show, but I appreciate you as a man for doing this. Now the WWE got rid of Selena Vega this week. She's the little Latina lady that used to be with Andrade and this other Hispanic guy because she actually tweeted out she's pro-unionizing. Now I find it appalling that the WWE would fire somebody 10 minutes after this tweet Instead of sitting her down, I mean, there was a lot of ways that they could have went about this and talked to her. They could have warned her, even though I don't think that in the United States of America, you should lose your job because you have an opinion. She didn't cuss nobody out. She didn't downgrade anybody. She just said that she was all in favor of unionization, 
But we already know that the powers that be at WWE are Trumpites, and they don't want to be questioned in any way, shape, or form. So I feel bad for those people who have to work there because it is the top of the food chain in that industry. But to have a tyrant or tyrants running the show must be bad. I mean, these people entertain millions of people, and I don't think they should have to walk on eggshells while they do it. So I've been watching a lot of TV lately. I watched The Good Doctor. The first two episodes of The Good Doctor have been outstanding. And if you don't know when it is, it airs on Mondays, probably ABC. If you're in America, very good show. I am into Fargo. I am waiting for the season to kind of end out. We're down to the last two episodes. Season four has been outstanding. I really appreciate it. American Housewife still is not dealing with this pandemic at all, and they also lost another person on the show, the young black lady who was one of uh, the main characters, Lunch Buddy. She she left because she said it was a toxic environment. The young girl has been changed, like it happens in sitcoms. All one of the children is a new child. Eric Andre's show is bizarre as a motherfucker. It gets crazy every week. I mean, it, that's just, I don't know what this is. This is pothead television. This It's just insane. If you haven't seen Eric Andre's show, just give one episode of, of you. I mean, they're all very short. I don't even understand. They seem to be only like 15-minute long shows. Uh, but it's very interesting. I am now on season two of Boardwalk Empire. You go, Boardwalk Empire? Come on, man, that's been off the air for years. I know it's been off the air for years, but see, during this pandemic, we all marathoned a lot of stuff, and I decided to marathon this, and this is one of the shows that I found. I have found the show to be very interesting. There's not a lot of characters on there that I could personally like, but I don't think that matters because it's still entertaining and it's crazy. I love the clothes. But the people I could do without, but the storyline moves just fast enough for me, not super lightning speed, but fast enough to, for me to keep me interested and engaged. And that's all that matters. This Is Us is outstanding. I don't know what they're doing with uh, Randall, but it looks like there might be some kind of mix between Randall's mother and, and the Vietnamese man. And we'll see how that goes. This That's a... The closest to a soap opera that I watch, but I love This Is Us. I have no shame in admitting that I love This Is Us. And I found out that Hell's Kitchen season 19 is back. They in Vegas. It's an interesting show. I'm watching it on something called like ITV where they have adult language. I don't know if I could ever go back to Hell's Kitchen with the bleeping, bleep, bleep, you know. The adult language makes the show so much better. Derek Jeter and the Miami Marlins deserve a debt of credit for hiring Kim Ning. She is the first female general manager in Major League Baseball, and she's also the very first Asian-American GM in baseball. Now, she's been in the game for like 20, 30 years. So this is no rookie, people. It's just that she has risen to this rank. And you know what? Good for you, Miami Marlins. Good for you, Derek Jeter, for not seeing sex, not seeing nationality, but seeing competence. And if she's competent enough to do the job, then good for her. Maybe it'll open the door to more women 
being involved. So yesterday ended the Masters. Dustin Johnson, who happens to be the number one player in the world, he shot 20 under par to win his very first green jacket. This was a long time in coming. Dustin's no kid. He's like 36 years old. I'm not going to sit here and lie. I didn't pick Dustin to win, but I picked Justin Thomas to win, which he didn't. But I'm all right with Dustin Johnson winning because he's a fantastic golfer. I mean, the dude is, like I said, number one in the world. John Rahm had put on a clinic leading up to the start of the Masters by doing those skip shots over the water. And if you haven't seen him, please do yourself a favor and watch that. I mean, imagine that. Instead of going over the water, he went through the water like you would throw a rock and hit a hole in one. That is like phenomenal. Tiger Woods on a par three, 12 hole, got a 10, people, a 10. I mean, he hit the ball in the water three times. This was the same hole that gave him last year's Masters, if you were to remember correctly. What happened was it seemed like six guys went in the water at 12 for him to take the lead. This is payback for last year, and this is also payback for being Trump's bitch. So I appreciate the 12-hole for destroying Tiger Woods' Masters, and I'm going to keep it at that. I'm not a big fan over here at Strange Talk with Doc of Tiger Woods, and that's not a lie. You can go back and listen to an older show that I did. It's very short, six minutes. It explains why I feel the way that I do about Tiger and I felt that I needed to get that out there, but I'm never going to really go over that again because I don't want to rehash old garbage. So the UFC was on ESPN also this week. And Paul Felder fought Rafael DeSantos. Uh, it was a good fight. A lot of blood back and forth. I mean, if you're interested in it, you can go back and see it. This was not the greatest card, but it was a very good card. And you especially should see this young man named Chaos. Chaos is special. I don't know what he's going to bring to the table going forward. But so far in his first two fights, he has been leading up to his name, living up to his name of Chaos. And you know what? It was, like I said, it was an entertaining card, not a great card. There's another card coming up this weekend, and I will talk about that uh, on Monday's show. So Terrence Crawford also fought this week. He fought a Brit named Cal Brooks. Terrence Crawford knocked him out in the fourth round. I don't believe that Terrence Crawford gets the respect on his name that it deserves. I don't think because he's a quieter man, he's not a flashy, jewelry, big mouth, braggadocious fighter. He doesn't seem to get the attention that he deserves. I believe that he is one, if not the greatest fighter in the world today. And because he's quiet, see, sometimes the quiet ones are overlooked and the loud, braggadocious ones, they get all the attention and they might not even have the talent to match the mouth. But sometimes in a sport, I think we should look at the talent and not the personality so much. And that's where Terrence suffers. It because I guess in the culture of personality, nobody really wants to see what you can do. They just want to hear what you can say. How much how many tweets and likes and retweets can you generate? And a quiet man is not going to do that. That's not how he's going to get down. So the brow, Anthony Davis, has officially become a free agent. Me, personally, I just think that this is going to be his way to re-sign with the Lakers for more money. I mean, Rich Paul is his uh, agent, 
Rich Paul is LeBron's buddy. LeBron is already on the Lakers. I don't believe that Anthony Davis is moving from L.A. at all. So we'll wait and see, but I, I, I don't believe it. So the Super Bowl announced that the weekend will be the halftime show. I don't have a problem with that. I enjoyed the weekend's last album. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the weekend previous, but after the last album, which actually made my albums of the year list, I look forward to seeing it. I mean, it's going to be kind of weird watching a Kai put on a concert, maybe with not too many people in attendance, but I don't know how the Super Bowl is going to conduct itself as far as crowds and things of that nature, because you know what? The pandemic COVID-19 is fluid. It is constantly moving. What happens today won't exist next week. And what happened two months ago won't exist a month from now. Things change constantly. So we're going to talk some football and we're going to go home now. Okay. The bye teams this week were the New York Jets, the Kansas City Chiefs, my Dallas Cowboys, and the Atlanta Falcons. And Thursday night, the Indianapolis Colts beat the Tennessee Titans 34-17. You know what? Rivers has got the Colts playing decent. They were a good team to begin with, so this is not like totally shocking, but he has not floundered, so I guess you got to give him credit. He's a really older dude, and he's not going to move around a lot, but he's if he keeps his his mistakes to minimum in key situations, the Colts definitely will be a playoff team. So Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they bounced back yesterday. Tom Brady bounced back with a big game, and they beat the Carolina Panthers 46-23. Not a shocking result. No Christian McCafferty. Teddy Bridgewater got banged up a little bit. And the Bucs put up that 46. And, you know, Tom Brady never has back-to-back bad games. So once again, he still does not have back-to-back bad games. The Cleveland Browns beat the Houston Texans 10-7. The game was delayed in the beginning due to some lightning and heavy rains. This was a ball fest. They have to get Deshaun Watson some help in Texas. I mean, that offense is stagnant as it comes. I mean, he got a pretty decent defense. And Cleveland Browns were very smart yesterday not to rely on Baker Mayfield, but they used that running game, Chubbs and Hunt, both, I believe, rushed for over 100 yards, so they just ran the ball down the Texans' throats, and that was that. The Detroit Lions beat the Washington football team 30-27. to That was actually a very entertaining game. Detroit had that game in the bag. They allowed Washington to catch back up, but then they, at the end, they held on for the victory. The Green Bay Packers obviously relaxed too much yesterday against Jacksonville Jaguars because this game was closer than I thought it should be, even though they did win 24-20. The Packers act like, you know, this game was old to them and Jacksonville was just going to lay down. Jacksonville put up a good fight. And the New York Giants beat the Philadelphia Eagles 27-17. I'm going to see today if Carson Wentz catches any flag for once again losing. Carson Wentz is now 6-14-1 in his last 30-something games. I mean, that is ridiculous. Uh, You're not an elite quarterback when you have a record like that. And I don't want to hear excuses of this, that, and the other The guys were running the ball pretty good for Philly at one point. And the Giants did enough to win. I mean, I think they're on back-to-back winning winning 
games, which hasn't happened for the Giants in quite a bit. You know, so the Pittsburgh Steelers, the only undefeated team in the NFL, beat the Cincinnati Bengals 36-10. They just got too much firepower. Big Ben looks good back there. Those wide receivers are everywhere. The defense is all over the ball. And Joe Barrow is a rookie. So this is not shocking or surprising. Now, to me, the game of the week, the Arizona Cardinals beat the Buffalo Bills 32-30. I want to start by saying Josh Allen led a beautiful 78-yard drive to give the Bills the lead. And that was some professional quarterbacking shit going on there. And he deserves big up for that. As a matter of fact, people need to put a little bit more respect on his name. I've been screaming and hollering for this guy all season long. I think he's playing outstanding ball. But the Arizona Cardinals and DeAndre Hopkins embarrassed the Bills' defense by him going up there on a three or almost four on one and coming down with that football in the end zone. It just lets you know how stupid the Houston Texans are to allow a once-in-a-generation talent like DeAndre Hopkins to leave. This dude is a steady In the NFL as they come, but he falls into that Terrence Crawford crowd where he doesn't say much. He just goes out and handles business. Every year he puts up numbers, and every year he's overlooked when they talk about the best wide receivers in the game. And this dude is elite as they come. The Las Vegas Raiders beat the Denver Broncos 37-12. The Raiders are a pretty decent team. Gruden has really got them playing good ball. They're running games with this Jacob is good, and not just Jacob, there was another kid running the ball yesterday, Carr does what he needs to do, their defense swarms all over, you know, the Raiders are a good team, the Miami Dolphins with Tua Tagovailoa played the Los Angeles Chargers with Justin Herbert, and the two rookies went at it, and Dolphins pulled out the victory 29-21. The Dolphins have been playing outstanding football the whole since middle of October. I mean, I don't know what's going on there. I mean, I don't know if they got some special sauce, but they are buying into the plan. They are buying into each other, and you can see it out on that football field. And Tua threw a touchdown pass, and he's a lefty. Man, it looked like it was like a 100-mile-per-hour fastball straight down the middle. It was a beautiful thing to behold. I think they have a bright future in Miami. The Los Angeles Rams beat the Seattle Seahawks 23-16. This is almost back-to-back really bad games for Russ. Russ was not cooking. He he made some turnovers. Uh, Seattle's got some problems. They really couldn't get that ball to Metcalf. Uh, which made Ramsey look pretty good because that meant Ramsey was out there doing his job. They kind of just shut down the Seattle Seahawks, period. They didn't look good. They looked out of sorts. But this is a division rivalry game, and those games go like that. Sometimes you can beat up on everybody else, but when you play your rival, no matter what the records is, things happen. The New Orleans Saints beat the San Francisco 49ers 27-13. Jameis Winston had to play most of the second half because Drew Brees took a hell of a shot in the first half and he could no longer play. But Kamara 
was all over the place. Alvin Kamara has been outstanding for the last month since Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders had went down. He has really picked up the pace. So the Saints are now maybe have the best record in the NFC, but that is fluid and it seems to change from week to week. But the Saints are on like a six-game winning streak. It seemed like they're hitting their stride. Only thing is you got to hope that Breeze is not really dinged up long-term because can you trust Jameis Winston to lead you going forward? But we shall see, won't we? Now, the Sunday night game was the New England Patriots going up against the Baltimore Ravens. The Patriots won this game 23-17. The Ravens' offense is in bad shape. I do not understand why they didn't take the time, the energy, and effort to try to go out and get Antonio Brown because they need somebody for Lamar Jackson to throw that ball to. It's just run, run, run is pretty bland. And other defenses have talked to other defenses, and they pretty much are containing them where they're not going just ape crazy. They're, they're going crazy, but it's not like insane enough where they were putting up 38, 40, 50 points on people like a year ago. And things seem to be regressing. I don't know if it's Harbaugh. I don't know if it's the offensive coordinator. But the Ravens have got to open up that offense. And the Patriots with Cam did enough to win this game. They were down, but he brought them back. Cam is a quality NFL quarterback. Is he at his MVP level? No, he is not at his MVP level. But he is a steady quality NFL quarterback. And that's one thing you cannot take away from him. I'm glad that he's reclaiming his spot as somebody who matters in the NFL, and he won't have to hunt for a job nor work for $1 million again. He'll be able to sign a long-term contract with somebody because another team will definitely take the chance on him. And if it's not the Patriots, it'll be their loss. Well, this is Strange Talk with Doc, and I've been your host, uh, Doc. I appreciate you tuning in. I love to hear from you. I like likes, comments, sharing, and subscribers. If you don't want to do any, that is fine. Just you listening is good enough for me. But I really do love feedback. Any kind of feedback that you would give. I do not care if it's negative or positive. I am not guiding you in a direction that you should go. I always want you to speak from your heart when you deal with me because honesty is the only policy. If you hate what I do, tell me. If you like what I do, tell me. That is fine by me. And I'm going to tell you to have yourself a great week, and I'm going to wish peace to you, and I'm going to wish peace to yours.